Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning praying for a blessing. This is a really important prophecy. We need your help to understand it. I need your help to preach it. So be here, I pray, through your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. It's a happy time. It's a family time. It's a time when people who haven't seen each other for, for some period of time will get together and enjoy each other's company. It's a time of presence. It's a time of holidays. That's one thing I particularly do like about Christmas. One thing I really appreciate about Christmas more than anything else is the fact that at Christmas, our Western culture, our secular society takes some time to reflect on Jesus Christ. And anything that causes people to think about Jesus has got to be a good thing. Now, you may not realize this, but Christmas is actually not when Jesus was born. How do we know that? Well, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, they had gone to Bethlehem. They had gone to Bethlehem to fill in the the census for Caesar Augustus. Now, the time of travel in the northern hemisphere 2,000 years ago was in the summer. December is not the northern summer, it is the northern winter. So Jesus was born sometime in the summer. That we celebrated at Christmas doesn't really matter. It's a good thing that we remember Jesus. But this morning we're going to look at a topic which I find very interesting and perhaps we're going into an area in Jesus' birth that very few people go into. As we start this Bible study, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why the wise man knew that Jesus, the Messiah, had arrived? Well, you could say, yes, there was a star in the sky and they followed the star. That's fine, but these wise men were expecting Jesus. How come? And then we can go into the fields of Bethlehem where the shepherds were that glorious night that Jesus was born. And you remember the angels split the sky open and they sung a song welcoming Jesus the Messiah to the earth. Have you ever wondered why those shepherds were chosen by God to first visit the baby Jesus? Could it be that those shepherds, those simple, humble shepherds were students of the word? And could it be that those shepherds, when all of Israel's scholars and teachers and pastors and religious leaders had missed it, could it be that those humble, uneducated shepherds were, because of their study of the word, expecting Jesus the Messiah? I want to suggest to you this morning that that is indeed the case, that the wise men and the shepherds were expecting the Messiah to arrive at any time. And they were expecting the Messiah to arrive because they were students of the Bible. And I want to share with you the prophecy that the wise men and the shepherds studied. The prophecy, the prophecy, the Old Testament prophecy that told them that the Messiah was imminent. But I want to start with a New Testament text. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And if you have your Bibles this morning... 
I want to invite you to open to this beautiful text. Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And Paul under inspiration, the Apostle Paul under inspiration says this. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son Jesus to redeem the world that we might receive the full rights of sons. The Bible says that when the fullness of time or at the appointed time, God the Father sent Jesus to planet earth to save the earth. Now there was a time, God had designated a time for Jesus to arrive. And believe it or not, the Bible, 600 years before Jesus came to earth, the Bible through an Old Testament prophet called Daniel, God through this prophet in the Bible gave him a prophecy, a vision that pinpointed it pinpointed the exact, the exact time that Jesus was to come to the earth. And this morning, for a few moments, I want to share with you that prophecy. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. This wonderful Old Testament prophetic book. We're going to Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. And today we're going to look at this prophecy that pinpointed the exact time of the arrival of Jesus, the exact time of the arrival of the Messiah. Daniel chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 20. Now really to understand this prophecy properly, to get the full context of it, you need to go back to the beginning of Daniel chapter 8. But we're, we're caught a little bit for time this morning, and so we're going to start in Daniel chapter 9. And Daniel has already had the vision. He's already had the vision. And we find in Daniel chapter chapter 9, verse 20, something interesting going on. So Daniel's had the vision. He's had the prophecy. But let's pick up the story in verse 20. Because the Bible says in verse 20, while, and this is Daniel speaking, he says, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill. Yes, while I was still in prayer. Why was Daniel in prayer? I'll tell you why he was in prayer. God had given him the vision. It was the vision of the Messiah. It was the, the vision of the coming of Jesus Christ. But Daniel did not understand it. And so Daniel is on his knees. He's confessing his own sin and he's confessing the sin of Israel. And when you don't understand something in the Bible, rather than wipe the Bible off, rather than do away with it and say it's a book that's not worth taking any notice of, you need to follow Daniel's example. I need to follow Daniel's example. We need to get on our knees when we don't understand the Bible. We need to confess our sin and we need to plead to God for understanding. This is what Daniel's doing. Verse 21. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen earlier in vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. Gabriel, the head angel of heaven. God sent him to Daniel to explain the vision, the vision of the Messiah, the vision of the coming Jesus, the vision of a coming saviour, verse 23. And you can imagine the wise man. You can imagine those humble shepherds as they studied this prophecy of Daniel. They had it in their hands. They had it in their keeping. It was there they could study it. And the Bible says, verse 23, this is now Gabriel speaking to Daniel. He says, as soon as you began to pray, Daniel... 
An answer was given, which I have come to tell you. For you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. I want to stop there for a moment. And I want to give you a key to prophecy. A key that will help you understand this prophecy. A key that the wise men, a key that the shepherds understood. And that key is found in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6. This book has nothing to do with the book of Daniel, but it gives us a key to understanding this vision that Daniel, this prophecy that Daniel had. Verse 6, this is Ezekiel the prophet, and God is speaking to him, and he says something very strange. He says, after you have finished this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and bear the sin of the house of Judah. I have signed you 40 days, a day for each year. Now, you can go and read Ezekiel chapter, you can go and read Ezekiel chapter 4 sometime later in your own time. But what God is saying here, and it's a very, very strange thing, but it's a principle, it's a key to prophecy. He's saying, Ezekiel, I want you to lie down on your side. He says, Ezekiel, I, I want you to lie there for 40 days. He said, when people come along and say, what are you lying down in the dust for, Ezekiel? You can say, well, well, Israel, unless you repent, you're going into captivity for 40 years. Each day, you can say to them, each day I'm here, I'm here for 40 days equals one year. In Bible prophecy, get this. Always in Bible prophecy, only in Bible prophecy, but always, always, always in Bible prophecy, one day equals one year. And you can see that principle. You can see that key throughout the Bible. Let's go to, let me just give you one more example. Numbers, turn in your Bibles to Numbers, right back at the beginning of the Bible. Numbers chapter 14 and verse 34, you see this principle again, that the children of Israel had crossed the desert. They had come to the promised land. They had sent 12 spies into the promised land. And when they got into the promised land, oh, they, they saw some beautiful things. They saw grapes that were the size of apples. They saw fields of ripened grain. They saw a land flowing rich with milk and honey. And they came back excited. There were 12 spies. They were all excited. But 10 said, we can't go into the land because there are giants. There were two, Joshua and Caleb, men of valor, warriors of the highest repute. And they said, we can go into the land. We can take the giants and we can take this land that God has ordained as ours. Well, the children of Israel listened to the spies and they decided not to go. And this is what God said. Numbers chapter 14, verse 34. Look at the principle. He says, for 40 years, one year... For each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. He says, for 40 days you spied out the land. Now for every day you spied out the land, I'm sending you back into the desert and it'll be 40 years before I bring you to the promised land again. One day in Bible prophecy, one day equals one year. Now, if you understand that, and you're prepared to entertain that idea this morning, let's have a look at the prophecy and see if that is true, that one day equals one year. Daniel chapter 9. And we're starting the prophecy now, verse 24. Now, listen very carefully. Follow this. If you're watching this on television, follow on the screen very carefully. If you're here in the church, open your Bibles. Follow very carefully. Check the context of what I'm saying. Go When this program is over, when you've watched it, when you've walked out of the church, go home and check what I'm saying. This is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. This is a prophecy 600 years before Jesus came to earth that pinpoints his arrival. Don't you come to me and tell me that Jesus never existed. 
Don't come to me and tell me that Jesus is a fantasy, is a fairy tale. You've got prophecy after prophecy like this in the Old Testament that points to Jesus, his arrival and his ministry. Let's look at it. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. The Bible says, 70 sevens or 70 weeks are decreed for your people and for your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. You might say, well, what does that mean, pastor? Well, let me see if I can unpack that for you a little. God is saying here, 70 weeks, there are 400, now we are in Bible prophecy, there are 490 days in 70 weeks. Are you with me? Seven days a week, 70 weeks, 490 days, a day equals a year. So we have got 490 years starting at a point and ending at another point for something to happen. Let's look at it very carefully. The Bible's saying 490 years are decreed for Israel and Jerusalem. God is giving Israel and Jerusalem 490 years here. What for? To finish transgression. Israel were into idolatry. They're always turning against God. God is saying here, you've got 490 years to come back to me, to put an end to sin. Who put an end to sin? To atone for wickedness. Who came and died for our sins and atoned for wickedness? To seal up vision and prophecy. Who did the, the entire Old Testament point to? And to anoint the most holy. Who's the most holy? Who would be anointed? Who would come? The Bible is saying very clearly here that Israel has 490 years to come back to God. And more than that, it's saying sometime during that 490 years, Jesus, the Messiah, will come. But we don't have a beginning to this prophecy and we don't have an end so let's let the bible give us the beginning date of this prophecy this is very simple this is not hard verse 25 know and understand this this is the beginning of the prophecy the bible says know and understand this this is not difficult you can understand the shepherds understood this The wise man understood it, and so should you. Know and understand this, from the issuing, here it is, of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one. Who's the anointed one? It's Jesus, the ruler. There will be 69 weeks. From the issuing of the decree... To restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Let me tell you quickly what's happening here. Israel is in captivity. Daniel is in captivity with them. The king of Babylon had Israel in his hands as slaves. But God had decreed that Israel would be released. That Israel would be freed. That's another prophecy. We might look at it sometime. And just as God had said, go and read Daniel 10, it's an interesting story how, how, how God came upon King Cyrus, the Mede, the Persian, came upon him and caused him to release Israel and he sent them back to Jerusalem. 
And the Bible says that this prophecy begins when the street and the wall is rebuilt in Jerusalem. Now you can go down to your local library and we know that the street and the wall, it's important that both, both the wall and the street, the decree went out from the Persian king in 457 BC. Bingo, there's your starting date. 457 BC. The Bible says that in 483 years, it's quite a long time, in 483 years exactly, the anointed one would arrive. Look at this. Now you can work your maths out later. I've done this many times. I know the mathematics is right. 457 BC, 483 years, brings me to AD 27. Can you believe it? A.D. 27. Do you know what happened in A.D. 27? Jesus was baptized by John. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit through his baptism. Can you believe it? In A.D. 27. But I'm not going to stop there because I want to show you one more thing. And I find this so interesting. Verse 27, he will, that's Jesus, confirm a covenant or a promise for one seven or one week. And in the middle of that week, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. Look at what the Bible's saying here. It's not that hard. The Bible says in 457 BC, the prophecy starts. It then says, In 483 days, look at what the Bible says, 69 weeks, 483 days, 483 years. AD 27, Jesus would start his ministry. He sure did. It says then in verse 27 that there'll be one more week, or how many days? Seven more days. AD 27, I never did well in mathematics at school, but even I can do this. AD 27 brings us to AD 34. Now, we'll come back to that, that date in just a moment. But in the, in the middle of that last week, A.D. 27 to A.D. 34, in the middle of it, A.D. 30, 31, the Bible says he will confirm a promise in the middle of that week where he will put an end to the sacrifice and the offering. Any of you who know anything about the Bible know that If you sinned in the Old Testament, you would bring a lamb to the priest and that lamb would would die for your sin. In the middle of the week, that sacrifice came to an end. What happened in the middle of that last week? AD 30, 31, who put an end to the sacrifice? It was Jesus on the cross. The Bible even tells us when Jesus would die on the cross, AD 30, 31. Easter, and it was around Easter. Passover, AD 30, 31, Jesus died. And even after he died, he gave Israel almost three more years to come to him. And the tragedy was they never did. AD 34, they stoned Stephen, one of Jesus' first apostles. And sadly, that was the end of Israel as a special nation to advance the gospel to the world. And God then chose his church to do that work. Can Jews be still saved? You better believe it. God died for Jews, he died for Arabs. 
died for Westerners, he died for Australians, he died for Christians, he died for Muslims, he died, Jesus died for Buddhists, he died for the world. The Bible not only tells us when Jesus would come, AD 27, it tells us when Jesus would die, AD 30, 31. And where would we be? Where would we be without, as a people without the death of Jesus to pay the price for our sins? We love you. We love you, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we've just had a brief look at this prophecy this morning. It's a beautiful prophecy. It's so deep and it fills us with such wonder. Help us, Lord. Help us to study these prophecies. To be like, I pray God, to be like the shepherds of old. Those mighty wise men who were expecting you. Jesus, you are coming again soon. And you give us prophecies that tell us that you are near. Help us to see, to read, to understand the prophecies. So that when you come the second time, we are not caught short like so many were the first time. Bless each person here. Bless each person watching this on TV. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, oh, oh. 